0: What time is it? It's Island Time! Hey, everybody, what time is it?
1: There's no time like Island Time. Nobody is ahead, nobody's
0: behind. Everything's fine on Island Time. And
2: you'll be living on Island Time. Some million praises blow through my mind. What's Sandy,
3: Friday, everybody, from the snowy North Coast, it is time for the Island Time Radio Show. We're going to warm you up with some great tropical Christmas music tonight and some retro Christmas music and some retro guests. We'll uh, talk about all that. i tell you what. Yeah, it's a snowy one on the North Coast, but here we go, folks. Johnny Ray Miller, he was going to be in studio, but the snow has kept him away. He's a good uh, hour and a half, two hours away, uh, so... Good call, Johnny, because was pretty rough just for us uh, locals to get in tonight, but here we are. We're going to get right to things. We're going to have uh, an interview tonight with Paul Cowsell of the legendary Cowsells who um, have a great little Christmas release out. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Ricky Siegel, back in the day he was Ricky Siegel, now he's Rick Siegel, was on the Partridge Family toward the end of the series, and our good buddy Johnny Rear Miller Normally in studio, we decided to do a Christmas show this year, and of course we got a blizzard this night, so there you go. Let's start it off with some Partridge family. In honor of Johnny, this is My Christmas Card to You, a classic written by Tony Romeo and sung beautifully by David Cassidy. It really should be a Christmas classic, but still to this day is not, and nobody's covered it but outside of Jeff Pike. I should point out Jeff Pike covered it, but uh, maybe that's a good thing. It's our own little secret that it's such a great song. We'll start it off with that. My Christmas card to you on the Island Time Radio Show. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in tonight. It's our number two of three Christmas shows.
0: To you and all your family, your neighbors and your friends, may all your days be happy with the joy that never ends. May peace and love surround you At Christmas time and all the whole year through I'm looking out my window At the softly falling snow That dances in the early morning light i got my kids all right behind me Stunning a beautiful sound Watching it coming down all around From the fields and the farms and the down. And I'm picking up a letter that I'm writing in my head Christmas card to all the folks I love Instead of letting the postman bring it I decided I'd rather see it Especially for you For you to you and all your family Your neighbors and your friends May all your days be happy With the joy that never ends May peace and love surround you at
4: Christmas time and all the whole year through.
0: To you me. and all your family. Your name.
5: the trigger to pull it up tight why he didn't shoot well we'll never know or was it
1: Walking in a winter wonderland In the meadow we can build a snowman And pretend that he's a circus clown We'll have lots of fun with Mr. Snowman Until the other kids knock him down When it snows, ain't it thrilling Though your nose gets a-chilling We'll frolic and play the Eskimo way
3: Hi, this is Bob Cousel of the Cousels, and you are listening to the Island Time Radio Show with DK.
4: Hi,
0: this is Susan Counsel of the Cousels, and you are listening to the Island Time Radio Show with DK.
7: Hi, this is Paul Cousel of the Cousels, and you're listening
3: to the Island Time Radio Show with none other than DK. Well, thank you very much, Paul Cousel. We are going to talk to him in just a couple of minutes. We recorded the interview this week for a special retro Christmas show and we just heard Winter Wonderland a brand new a cappella take on the classic from the Cow Sills new digital only release called A Christmas Offering from the Cow Sills. very cool stuff we also had the Royal Guardsmen going back to the 60s with Snoopy's Christmas and the Partridge Family with Christmas Card to You what, what a great song that's all i got to say we're going to have Johnny Ray Miller on the telephone throughout the show tonight since he couldn't be here in studio and we will uh, talk to Johnny after this very quick break, and we will present to you this interview, great interview I did this week with Paul Kausel. It's all coming up on our Retro Christmas Show right after this. We're going to go over to the Youngstown area and talk to our guest. He was supposed to be in studio, but he's at home staying, sa- staying safe. It's the author of When We're Singing, The Partridge Family Authoritative Bible, if you will. It's Johnny Ray Miller.
8: Hey, hey, Dennis.
3: Welcome back, man. How are you?
8: Hey, great to be here. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs)
3: Ho, ho, ho.
8: (laughs) And it's a night for that, too, isn't it, man?
3: It it is. It hasn't snowed probably in two weeks here. And, of course, tonight we had this all planned, and here it is. So there you go. Yeah,
8: of course, right? The blustery winter north wind has uh, assailed our plans.
3: (laughs) Well, every year we do this in the summertime, and this year we thought, well, well let's do a bonus show in uh, Christmas time. And uh, yeah. Johnny brings in all these listeners who don't normally hang out with us here at Island Time, and welcome, welcome those new listeners, by the way.
8: <laughs> oh, that's great! I'm glad to hear that. You know, those Partridge Family fans—we're pretty diehard, you know.
3: <laughs> very diehard and very dedicated. That's right. Yeah. So, welcome, welcome. So how you been? Thank uh, you. I was just listening what's... to
8: that opening, and I just, if ever I wish I could have been there in studio with you tonight, man, oh man, I just, my Christmas card to you is my favorite all-time Partridge Family song. I'm asked that all the time. Oh, really? And uh, I just love that you opened the show with that. It's
3: just such a great song. So you like that even better than a regular song from, from the Partridge Family?
8: Yeah, people ask me all the time, what's your favorite Partridge Family song, huh. and that's the one.
3: That's probably in my top uh, five or ten, anyway. Uh, yeah.
8: Yeah. What a great song that is, huh?
3: I always tell Karen, though, it's it's only... I mean, it's great any time, but it's, it has its magic when you play it and it actually yeah. is snowing outside. <laughs>
8: and, you know, it's funny. When I was a kid, uh, that song, the lyrics, I, I always felt they were written just for me. I lived... Uh, at the end of a dead-end road, and there was a field outside of our window, and uh, it was, you know, very rural, an expansive field, and literally, uh, I mean, listening to the lyrics uh, when I was a kid, it, it was just like talking about my childhood. When I interviewed... Oh, I think it was, um, it was one of the good friends, close friends of Tony Romeo. I'm trying to remember now who it was. Tommy West. He said uh, Tony Romeo just had that Midwestern thing down. He just knew how to paint the pictures because he okay. was kind of a Midwestern guy. He lived in upstate New York, but he just had that sort of ability to create that, those images of the Midwest and okay. winter and at Christmas. And, yeah.
3: That, that guitar riff at the end, it, did you ever find out about that? Because that, it, it was reminiscent of, a, of another song, and I always wondered about that.
8: As we'll it, put that on the to-do list. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't, and I forgot that you asked me about that. That's, it, it is interesting, isn't it?
3: As the song fades, it goes, ding, 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 it goes in this thing, and I'm like, that is so familiar. I've heard that in another song. Anyway, that could be a whole yeah. not, another chapter in your next book.
8: Yeah, really, the expanded version. I don't know how much more room we could get into that book, right?
3: That's right. But check it out, folks. It's still available, right? When We're Singing.
8: It is still available. Yes, it is.
3: WhenWe'reSinging.com.
8: WhenWe'reSinging.com. We're going to uh,
3: we're we're present our... And
8: they seem to be going as Christmas gifts this year. Yes. Which is, uh, you know, wonderful.
3: That's right. I fa- I, in fact, I had a staff member who at the station was re- inquiring about your book. I'll have to ask you about that off the air. But uh, any any other updates real quick? Because we're about to present the Cow portion of tonight's show.
8: I love that. I can't wait to hear it. Um, yeah, I interviewed the cow for um for uh, the next project, which I'll, we'll just save that for some other time. But okay. they were just really great. And um, uh, the only comment I'll make is I wanted to talk about Winter Wonderland. Yeah. Um, I heard you playing that, although it wasn't the Partridge Family song. And I couldn't help thinking... Um, that that was the only time that David Cassidy and Shirley Jones ever did a recording together, released right. on a record. Uh, and then they, they performed it again some years later in 1982 on a Canadian Christmas special called the Frank Mills Christmas, and they sang that song. Really? And I believe that's, yeah, that's... Uh, the only recording they ever did together, Frank Mills. Can you imagine the... if we if we could have had a you know if they would have recorded together yeah. if we could have had duets with them through the wow.
3: years? Uh, is that on YouTube, by the way? That Christmas uh, Canadian Christmas appearance.
8: Uh, you know everything's on YouTube. Yeah. It probably is.
3: I would look, uh, but I yeah, look that. But yeah, Barbara
8: up. Eden was on that also.
3: And if you remember, the Parch Family Christmas episode opens with with them lip singing lip syncing to the song. Yeah.
8: For that song, so yeah. There go. I think it's just such a very special moment uh, between the two of them, and just a fun little piece of trivia there for Partridge Christmas fans.
3: All right, Johnny, thank you so much for being part of this. You're going to check back in after we air this uh, Paul Cowsell interview, because it is a little bit ext- extensive here in the first hour, but you'll be with us for the rest of the show, and we're going to have Ricky Siegel from the Partridge yeah. family joining us in a little while. I can't
8: wait. All right. We will talk to
3: you soon. All right, Johnny. Uh, we'll talk to you in a few minutes. Okay. huh. Right. It's our retro Christmas show right here on Island Time tonight. For anybody who doesn't remember the Cow Sills, this is a little subtle reminder for you. And then we will uh, present to you my interview uh, just recorded this week with Paul Cow of the Cow on Island Time tonight.
0: I saw her sitting in the rain
3: the island time retro christmas show tonight and i have a very special interview with us here tonight from the cow the original cow cells paul council is with us paul are you doing dennis merry christmas merry christmas to you well welcome back i don't know if you remember this but we talked about a year or so ago about your new album rhythm of there we go We're, Uh we're on a zoom call Radio people yeah, we're can't see Zoom. this. But he, oh, okay. where you
7: and I are doing it.
3: <laughs> he, he wears a Cleveland uh, Guardians uh, cap on stage and uh, nobody knows that it's really a Cleveland Guardians cap, but it's it's good for the council, see? Yeah, Cause exactly. You're looking so good in I that Cleveland. seat, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> I always oh. make sure I wear it. You, you even wore it on the cover of your most recent album, Rhythm of the World.
7: Yes, awesome. yes
4: was
3: great well, that, uh well welcome back to the show paul it's great to talk to you again um i've been a fan for many years and uh for anybody who doesn't know the councils were all over radio and tv from uh, 1967 to about 1971 and we'll get into the history a little bit but we want to talk uh first off about this great new digital only release for christmas it's called a christmas a Christmas offering from the cow cells, right?
7: That's right. And uh, that digital, and, and it's, everybody keeps telling me, you gotta tell them that it's digital download only. Man, when I was told that, I was thinking, well, how do I digital download this thing, you know? Cause <laughs> it's like, we just now learned Zoom. And uh, I was great that you asked for a Zoomer, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's time for a Christmas song.
3: <laughs> I love it. I uh, just listened to all the uh, songs on there. There are a total of three songs. And it's uh, one song is brand new. It's an acapella take on Winter Wonderland. And you guys sound fabulous on that. Great harmonies. Thank you. Uh, Another one is from it was recorded in the 90s uh, called Christmas Time in parentheses song for Marissa. This is a song that your brother Bob wrote. Right. And you had a little help uh from one of the Bengals and yep. uh somebody else helped you guys on that one. I remember. Uh, Peter
7: Holsapple was there that that afternoon and he was with uh REM and uh, uh Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh but oh, wow. he was actually yeah, and then he became my sister's wife. Uh, no, he became my sister's wife. He became my sister's husband for a while. <laughs> but it was great. Oh, okay. It was it, it's it's funny, Dennis. It was uh you know when you're doing a christmas song and, and at the time that we did it recorded it we thought it would be out that christmas honestly um yeah. but so we did it in august in los angeles in like 110 degree heat so it, and it was wow. a it was called rumbo studios the captain and Tennille owned the studio and we went out there to do it and so i ran wow. all, me and me and my wife ran all around town looking for a christmas tree found one in all of la in a pot and uh, brought that into the studio. And then we put the air conditioning on full, full going. And so it was freezing <laughs> in there. And uh, and then we put Christmas lights up. And then we did the song. And it was great. Well, and would... our brother John's on there with us, you know. Our brother John is on this Christmas offering.
3: I was going to ask about John because he has yeah. been playing drums for the Beach Boys band for many years. He's been years. a Beach Boy. Yep. and 23 years, actually that long, really? 22. Yes. I, I, go, I go see him every year, and the years just fly by. Um, yeah. But I was going to ask you, is he back in the band, or was it just for this project?
7: It was just for this project, the Christmas project. Um, John had, you know, he was with the Beast Boys, and now he's not with them. It's been like uh, yeah. three weeks or so, or a month or so, since he hasn't been yeah. with them. And he has, you know, he's been doing that for 23 years, and these go, guys go out for 280 dates. So John right. hasn't really had any time to do much of anything. And so right now what he's doing is actually getting back into the studio, him and Vicky, uh, you know, because Vicky Peterson became his wife. Do you know that? Oh, the, the
3: I Bangle. Do recall it. Yes. Okay. Yes, so,
7: yes. so those two are very creative and, uh, and so they're both, uh, involved in a project now and they they work with Bill Mooney, uh, from lost in space or yeah, I think it was lost yeah. in space. Um, right. and So those three have a, a, a band called, uh, uh, what was the name of their band? Action uh, Skulls. And so they put a lot of music out. But uh, John and Vicky are going to do their own thing. And we're excited to see what he's going to come up with.
3: Interesting. Okay.
7: The other yeah. track
3: on this, on this new uh, release is Some Good Years. And that was a yep. song that you recorded about the same time in 92, I think, right?
7: Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Some Good Years is, you know, about... There's so much of a body of work in the past, you know, where you're wondering what's going to be in the future. And what we noticed is that all the good comes through as you live longer and longer. And all the negative yeah. stuff seems to be put put on the wayside, kind of thing, you know. And sure. so some good years is about that. A funny thing about that song, because it really sounds like us and and you know, in our life, but Bob he wrote that song for. Kareem Abdul Jabbar, when Kareem was retiring, you know, uh-huh. Bob wrote oh, yeah. this song and sent it to him, thinking that Kareem might play it as he's retiring all over the United States. Okay. And that did that didn't happen, but we we went ahead and recorded it. And uh and now it's on this EP, and we're glad that people get a chance to hear it. Um it's on Omnivore Records. If anybody needs to know where to get the digital download uh if you're out there and you know how to do it uh go ahead and do it otherwise you can go to omnivore uh records and that right there as you open it up you'll see it the Christmas offering you'll be able to download it right there and if anybody doesn't want to go to omnivore then call your grandkids for your digital <laughs> download because when I was told it was a digital download I said to Bob I go so are we going to have a record in our hands and he goes we are not <laughs> so is it on digital download only, as they say? And uh, and yeah, Christmas time, some good years, and acapella version of Winter Wonderland. Uh, is out I there. got
3: it from I got it from iTunes Store, and okay, uh, I'm old. I'm old school. I transferred onto a CD, so I'll have a CD of it. <laughs> nice, but nice. Uh, yes, I wanted to ask you this. The title struck me because the Beach Boys, when they were promoting Sunflower, they would call it a an album album offering from the Beach Boys. Did you, did you guys uh, borrow that or was this just a coincidence? Well,
7: I think it's a coincidence. Um, uh, uh, Brad from Omnivore, we were all throwing out things, uh, you know, uh, as far as titles for it, for the EP. And then Brad yeah. actually from Omnivore sent, sent out this, uh, well, what about a Christmas offering? And, you know, it kind of stuck with all of us. It's nice, it was a good way to say it.
3: Okay, I was yeah. just curious. Um, omnivore is a great label they have as you know put out that beach boys uh early recordings thing
4: yes yes
3: all that early stuff so yeah great very respected uh label so, for sure I wanted to ask you about... go ahead
7: oh i was just going to mention that um uh we we let uh, omnivore hear christmas time last last year okay and they heard it i think in october And they wanted to rush it. It it still needed to be mixed and mastered uh, from what they heard, you know. And uh, so we said, you know, we're going to slow it up a little bit and let's put it out, you know, next season. What's great about Omnivore is that, you know, we have a couple of old albums, three, uh, Global and uh, an album called Cocaine Drain back in the 70s that nobody's ever heard. They never saw the light. Well, they saw the light of day. Well, not Cocaine Drain, but Global did see the light of day. But Omnivore wants to put all of those, they want to reissue all of those, and they were ready to just bam, bam, bam. And we were going, wait, 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 you know, they wanted to put uh, Global right up after Rhythm of the World, you know, and we're going, no, we want to sit with Rhythm of the World for a while, you know. It's not like the old days where they hear it on the radio and they go buy it in their store. There's so many different angles to getting your music out there you know back in the day you could go on ed sullivan and the whole country saw you and they heard it and they would go and find it now man i think if we're getting 0.001 percent of the population that's heard this i think we're doing pretty good so you know know, it's a weird
3: kind of world there's so many options but at the same time nothing is powerful as something like ed sullivan obviously uh right or rhythm Rhythm of the World, this album came out, like I said, about a year or so ago, and uh, 11 tracks, originally on a CD and digital, but I think you just recently rec- uh, released it on vinyl for, yes. for Record Day. Yeah, yep. so that's kind of cool. Very cool. Vinyl.
7: And so we What's what we re- did with, Oh, I was going to say, what we did with the vinyl, also it's green, the vinyl itself was green. and um, Right, right. And so it's very cool. And what's really cool about it is that we took a bunch of pictures and, you know, put a sleeve together. Like when we were kids, uh, Dennis, if you remember, we would get the album. And even before we heard it, we'd open it up and we'd read everything and find out all about the musicians and find this out and that out. And I, you know, once Bob, you know, or whoever just gave me that vinyl, I had it in my hands and it was such a familiar feeling. You know, because right. that was back in the day. And boy, I opened it. And right. so there's a great sleeve inside it if you get the vinyl. And it'll show all about talk about the recording and you know, all the different things that we did.
3: I'll have to get that. I still I just have the CD right now, but um I was gonna ask you about that because last year you guys mentioned uh oh, first of all, I wanted to add, before I get to that, uh rhythm of the world. What's been the reaction uh from the fans? Um, has it sold, you know? Like you were hoping, or just what what's been going on? I think it?
7: it's going to take a little time, you know. But everybody loves it. All every radio station loves it. Everybody uh, is talking fondly and and highly of it. Again, I'm back to this different world we're in, where you know <laughs> there's not a lot of record stores out there. You know, I mean, right. the days of wallex and Tower Records right. and all that—they're gone. And so we think it's going to take a little longer for everybody to hear this and you know it's just kind of working through all these social medias it seems like an instant thing the social media thing but it's not because everybody doesn't look at the same thing you know and there's so many people it's a crazy world out there but but you do get this album because it's a it's a fun thing and it sounds great too
3: i'll just let you know what i love off of it uh rhythm of the world the title track i love uh Largo's Largo Nights is great for what we do here at Island Time Radio we play tropical nice and kind of a song about being in Key Largo how could you not love that right uh, Katrina a very heartfelt uh song because you guys lost uh, one of your brothers in that terrible storm yeah and uh that song kind of recalls that that moment yes yeah Uh,
7: it's funny because uh katrina there's a point in there where people think we're using the word uh me and we're actually saying b for barry we always called him b and so it's interesting yeah so in there people think that we're saying you know me and uh it's actually b what did you do with b what did you do with barry kind of thing yeah yeah
4: yeah, but yeah that was pretty
7: cathartic uh, doing that song on that particular day was uh was real interesting
3: it's a it's a moving song and it's a it's a really good song folks gotta yeah. gotta hear that one yeah um, yeah i wanted to uh, we'll get into history but you mentioned uh that possibly some of the older albums might come out on vinyl so that's still kind of in the works it totally is in the works we're trying to hold yeah. omnivore back
7: because they're used to these reissues. I'm sure they care about sales, but that is not a big deal for them. They're they're not thinking they're going to put this record out and that we're going to sell a million copies, you know? And I mean, and, and when you're thinking about, you hope you sell a million copies, but I see now that, you know, that's pretty hard to do lately, unless you're Taylor Swift or Now and Then by the John Lennon, the new song. I mean, unless you're one of these real heavy hitters, you're not even going yeah. to see a, a billboard chart. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, there's no bubbling under.
3: <laughs> there are a lot of different kind of charts that I'm finding out. Um, there's a classic rock chart. There's a Americana chart. So
7: you never yes, know where yes.
3: you might end up. In.
7: I'll tell you, um, Dennis, about uh, Largo Nights though, was interesting. Uh, that almost became a huge hit in England. <laughs> um, they have a thing called, to your point, a heritage chart. And so we went okay. on that heritage chart and Bruce Springsteen okay. was on with his new song there that old one that he redid not his or somebody else was doing it and it was so funny we were all going up this chart and he was always one in front of us and we were and we all got he got to one and we got to two and then we started dropping and uh okay. so yeah so people are loving largo nights
3: yeah it's a great track yeah it's it's a really good album folks i would definitely recommend it and it is called rhythm of the world and um, let's let's talk briefly about I won't we won't go crazy here, but because uh, I'm there's a lot to talk about your history. You're a family group. Uh, You've formed a few years before you had hits. And then in 1967, um, your mother and your sister joined the group. Right. And yep. you had this huge, huge hit the rain, the park and the other things. It went all the way to number two. It was blocked by the monkeys' Daydream Believer from hit number one. Yeah. But uh, it's yeah. such a great song. I still love it to this day. The harmonies, it's just great, great pop song.
7: Love it. Yeah. That's you what know, got it, me started. Yep, it did get us started. And boy, it set the tone, I'll tell you. Um, it was a great song to have. We went on a complete... MGM was the record company, and we went on a promotional tour, and and that was the one time that we used a bus, (laughs) and so we were on a bus all the way through the United States, you know, and and doing Rain the Park and other things, it was a it was originally called the flower girl already named it the flower girl, but then was, was called and said, look it there's already a song out that says flower girl in it. And so you can't call it that. And so he decided to name it, the rain, in the park and other things. And it's one of those songs, which is fun that the title is never sung in the song.
3: <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love your, uh, current day, band when you perform it you've given it a little more of a rock edge and i i think i love it even more now
7: yeah yeah it's it, it, it's, fun. it's fun it's fun to do you know and, and we we usually kick our show off with that and people go man why are you doing rain in the park and other things first well because it was first <laughs> and and we're nodding we're, we're giving the nod to that song as thank you very much because it really got us on our way and put us right out there in the minds of everybody
3: so after that you had a few more hits you guys had uh indian lake yeah in yep. uh, 68 the great song hair from the uh hair production and you guys have yep. your own thing with that and there's a really funky uh film video or whatever you want to say to go with it you look that up on youtube folks yep and all and all the while you guys were uh inspiring this tv show called the partridge family and basically, for anybody that doesn't know, the Parchis family was kind of loosely based on you guys, the cow story.
7: Yep. Um, the first couple of episodes weren't too bad, honestly. Um uh <laughs> what they did what they did was they sent out a, a group of producers and um from Scream Gems to live with us for you know a long, a long weekend. And uh and we've seen this in, in print actually, and even on a video where um the all the guys got back to Screen Gems, and the boss goes, "Well, what do you think?" And so they said, "Well, the boys are way too rough around the edges, you know, and uh, and a, a little a little rough around the edges. But the little girl is spectacular, you know. Susan was got seven or eight when they came out, so you know you can see her in that role of the little tambourine girl on the Partridge Family. But that was never going to happen. My dad was not going to let her go and do a TV show." because we were concert uh people we did concerts and music we would do you know we'd stay out on the road all year we did as many shows yeah. as the Beach Boys are doing you know back back in the day and so it was uh it just that song took over and sent us
3: right on our way it was great I, you guys were at that point dedicated to music which is understandable you weren't going to suddenly become actors. but uh was Susan a little disappointed that she couldn't have been in that role though I think we might have asked her that last time you know
7: now I don't think she really thinks about that as being a missed opportunity plus I got to tell you something us kids the six boys and one girl Susan we were very very tight if she did want to do that she would be there she would have been there for a day and then been calling going oh no no I won't get me out of here get me out of here (laughs) to be back with us you know because we we really had a lot of fun
3: Speaking of TV, this is an interesting story. You guys were called in to record a theme for a new TV show called Love American Style, having no idea what this show was about or anything. You just went in, recorded it, and then went on with your routine. Had no, probably for, I think you forgot about it. And we did. Voila, it's the theme from a classic show from the early 70s. Tell, tell yep. us about that a little bit.
7: Well, you know, like you said, you know, we got the call, we went on in and did it. And then, you know, every Friday, as they would be coming towards the summer, they would have all these new shows that, you know, were going to be coming on. And and that was, you know, that was going to be one of them. And uh, what was the question okay. again? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just uh, the experience of recording that and how shocked were oh. you when suddenly it was like such a big deal the, the theme of right. Love and American so style.
7: then we were watching and then we saw love American style with all the boo-boo and all the you know the fireworks and stuff. And I don't know who mentioned it, maybe my mom or something and, and came in and said, hey, you guys can't watch that, but this is what we did the song title track for That's the show and we're going oh okay and, and but you know they didn't really it was a little racy i guess i don't know you know um and so our parents kind of put the kibosh on John Barry and Susan as to even watching it but thanks god for that song because you know although it wasn't a hit record for us and it wasn't really released you know as a record it it attached itself to us and it became spectacular and in fact it it was the song that gun is on this happy together tour Because you've got to have five right. hits. You know, we had four hits. We had you know, Rain in the Park, We Can Fly, Indian Lake, and Hair. And and then all of a sudden, they came to us and said, well, no, but you've got to Love American style. And we weren't even doing that in our show, you know, oh, really? actually. Yeah, it took a while for us to put that in there. And, uh, and, and then they said that, and we went, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we can do that. We'll do that. And, boy, the people, it's fun at, at concerts especially on Happy Together because, you know, we're getting a lot of overlappers as far as somebody might love the association, but not the councils. So they know all the association stuff, but the councils are on the show too. And so when we do American love American style, we can literally see the audience going, Hey, did you know that these guys did that song saying it to each other out there? And that's terrific. To have something new in this seventies is pretty cool. <laughs>
3: I watched that show for years, not realizing <clears throat> that was you. And then when I yeah. really started getting heavy music, I saw the credits yeah, yeah. one day and I went, Oh my God, that's the councils. So, yeah, that's great stuff. I didn't know that was a criteria for the Happy Together tour to have five hits. That's interesting. <laughs>
7: you got to have it. You got to have it. And what we realized out of everybody, you know, minus the Beatles and minus the heavy hitters, okay, most all of us had about four or five hits,
3: and that was it. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, it's crazy. The happy the Happy Together tour. I've seen it uh two or three times, and <clears throat> it's just awesome. And you guys usually open the show with your five songs, and yep. uh it's it's just a lot of fun. You're doing a cruise this year, and I'm looking at your tour schedule, uh the 70s rock and romance cruise. How fun is that? It's gonna be crazy and fun. Of course, yeah and then you're doing the happy together again and this is exciting because i've always wanted to see your full-on show yeah uh in the fall you're you're doing some just cow cell shows right coming to town here locally folks if if you're listening locally september 13th lorraine ohio at the lorraine palace yes it will be our chance to finally see you guys do a whole a whole set a whole
7: yeah i know people, you know, the Happy Together Tour is incredible. I mean, you're going to sit there and you're going to get 34 million sellers, you know, and you don't get that kind of action anywhere else, you know, and we even saw the Bogues and Classics 4 and uh, even Jay and the Americans, you know, there's nobody really there from the originals. Okay. But the thing is, it's about the songs, you know, it's all about the songs. It's not, about who did them really at, at this time of, of life, you know, we're in our 70s. Right. So, you know, sometimes we can't even remember who did what, but you'll always remember the song and you'll know all the right. words to it, even if you can't remember who did it. <laughs> right. It's the way it it's is. So I, it
3: it's is a great it show. It really I'm is happy to go there. Um, the producer on your albums, your current producer, I've heard a lot of good things about it. Rock, uh Bastano, Bastano. Bastano. is that right?
7: yes our executive panel. producer yep he found yeah. us he searched for us i rock is a foot doctor and a, a, a pretty successful foot guy you know really? and he actually is. he's on the sidelines with the giants as their foot guy and uh and okay. so he bought this there's, there's this little island off of newport you know and it was called rock island is was the name as we grew up as kids and Rock okay. was went to Newport to buy that island. And so he was in Newport and he just went on, on his phone or his assistant going, hey, and, and he kept seeing, well, what's interesting about Newport, Rhode Island? And the councils kept coming up. And so he said to his assistant, hey, find out what these kids are up to, you know? And so he searched us out and he said, hey, I want to make an album with you guys. and. You know we're going what you know we didn't believe it you know it's hard when somebody just goes yeah let's make an album and and we're thinking oh yeah well we don't have any money to make an album or you know we don't even you know this and that and this and that we didn't even at the time i don't even know if we had all of rhythm of the world written yet but he proposed okay. that to us and so we went well heck yeah and so me bob and susan we're looking at each other we go and we said man we better start writing and we kind of put it off because we're kind of snow people day, snow day people where, wow, well, we can do it tomorrow. But boy, as soon as Rock got involved, there was no holding back. He, 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 we were pushing, pushing forward hard. And uh, but what a great guy! And he loves, he loved the album. And Dennis, what, what's so cool about Rock? was that, you know, we kept calling him, yeah, we're going in the studio. He goes, all right, you guys go in there and kill it, you know? And we're and so we'd get in there and then we'd get one song finished. We'd go, Rock, you got to come to the studio. You got to see what we're doing. He goes, no, no, you guys just do it, just do it. And that was the first time out of our whole recording life that we ever were in a studio all alone and be able to just do whatever we wanted. You know, nobody was there going, well, guys, you know, look at you've already done 20 cuts of that. But We need to move on. You know, none of that was happening. It was pressureless. And boy, it was fun to do it that way.
3: It was really That's fun. That's got to be the question. Yeah. After all yeah. The, all the years. Oh, of my now, gosh. The-
7: but it was nice, too, because he trusted us because uh, we, t- he said, well, do we need a producer? No, we do not. You know, we didn't need anything except studio time (laughs) and boy he facilitated that you know we did that pledge thing we went looking for money at pledge me bob and susan and uh and we were getting a lot of money and then we and then rock came in our world and he um he said well what do we need to do you know he goes why don't we just leave the pledge behind and we'll just do this by ourselves but we had already had like 600 people send in, you know, $20 or something, wanting a CD, you know, wanting that gift that they get after they pay it. And we just felt like, and they didn't really pay it yet. They only pay it at the end. But, but we decided, no, we can't do that, Rock. We have to continue this. So he went ahead and put like 30 grand in to buy these uh, executive producer slots that you sell, you know, knowing, and, and then all of a sudden pledge bellies up. I don't know if you read about that, but Pledge was a music, you know, funding thing that, you know, had all of our money and had all these people's money and, and and they bellied. They went upside down and we freaked out because we had to tell Rock and we told Rocky, and we said, Rock, Pledge is bellied up. They've got our money. They've got your money and they're not giving us any money.
3: He- all right. We're going to uh, continue with the Paul Council interview. There's about eight minutes left to go
0: it's Christmas time a special time
7: Okay, well, let's just get in the studio. Let's make this album. Don't worry about that. We kept going, dude, what are you going to do? He goes, look, if I'm worried about that money, I know where to get it. I'll go and get it from him. (laughs) I mean, Rock Positano, you're not going to mess with a guy that goes, hey, this is Rock Positano. Hey, we hear you're (laughs) holding my money. So he wasn't concerned about that at all. And perhaps that was his way of just keeping it light and easy on our heads. You know, uh, who knows? But yeah, he's great.
3: Great. Sounds like a great addition to your whole, uh, the your team. whole setup. your game, yep. right? Yep. Speaking of team, I was reading about the members of the band. I mean, there's the core, uh, you, Susan and uh, Bob, but, uh, outside yep. of that, you're, you got husbands, wives, uh, yeah, we do sons.
7: Yeah. My son, all. Brendan. Yeah. My son Brendan is a guitar player and he sings with us. I mean, it's so nice to have him there, you know, uh, and I've, I've done this only one time, but I was, I was uh, my voice was, you know, tattered or something. I forget what it was, but I just went to Brendan and I said, Brendan, you're going to double me on everything I'm doing. And his voice sounds just like my voice, right. <laughs> which is cool. That's awesome. And then Ryan, my brother, Bob's son, took over keyboards for me because I wanted, you know, to just get out on stage and feel free and easy and not worry about all that other stuff. And so he's there. And then Russ is uh, Russ Broussard is our drummer, and him and Muriel is saying they're from like New Orleans, you know, Thibodeau. and so they're our rhythm section. So we have this Cajun rhythm section along with us, you know, kind of apple pie kind of kids type of thing, and the merge of that was incredible. Well, Russ and my sister Susan are married. Yeah, they're yeah, doing. Right, right. Yeah, so very it all cool. Works it does. It's so fun to introduce everybody. Because I, you know, uh, Susan, uh, Bob Cousel, Paul Cousel, Susan Cousel, Brendan Cousel, Ryan Cousel. And then I accidentally on purpose always say, and on drums, Russ Cousel. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Susan always looks at me, and I saw, you know, so, <laughs> but it's fun, but very family oriented oh. for sure.
3: That's fun. That's fun. Um, yeah. One other little neat thing about Rhythm in the World in the inner sleeve, I, I have the CD copy, like I said, you mentioned yeah. your influences. And so many of these influences are, are musicians I love. You know, you got Beach Boys, Birds, uh, Ray Conn of Singers, uh, Eagles, Fleetwood Mac, George Harrison, Bruce Springsteen. I mean, there's a lot of great influences that went into this music. There was. And so, how
7: that happened, how the reason we put that on there, because we would be out in the studio recording a part or recording something. It was usually happening, happening with the vocals, you know, and all of a sudden whoever was working out there would come in, whether it Bob, Susan, or myself, and would go, man, that sounds so much like... Yeah. And we realized all through the session, we kept saying, well, that sounds so much like, you know, Steve Miller Band, uh, you know, America, Beach Boys. And so what we decided to do was... Just, you know, put that in there, you know, because we're not stealing anybody's stuff. These are our influences. And right. when it came and we, and we started writing them down and there was a huge list of them. And we go, oh, man, we got to put this in the album and, you know, and let people tell them the song that we think it's in and let them go into the song and see if they can retrieve it. You know, oh, yeah, there it is. But it was very cool. Great, great I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Great, great influences. I wanted to mention one more thing. Uh you guys have a documentary. Uh it's available on Amazon stick, but probably other places as well, because I've I've seen it. It's it's just yeah. a detailed uh the family band story of the castles, uh detailed story of your history with the uh, interviews with everybody and the music's in there, and it's it's yep. very worth taking a look at yeah Louise uh,
7: Palanker. Uh, uh, I just wanted to mention Louise Louise Polanker, man she wanted us to do that and you know it took her a long time for get us, to get us to say yes and then when we said yes uh she got a bunch of producers together and uh, they started putting this thing down and, and me and Susan were in Newport Rhode Island one night and uh, these producers were there uh just seeing our action in Newport and uh they had us up to the uh, uh their hotel room hey we want to show you the you know the trailer for this And we're going, wow, you have a trailer? (laughs) We didn't even know that. And they put the trailer on. And the first thing is you see is blood dripping down (laughs) a wall or something. And man, and Susan, she goes, oh, is this what we're doing? I looked at Susan. I go, this is not what we're doing, Susan. (laughs) And and I said, see you later, guys. And we called Louise as soon as we got out of there, told Bob what we'd seen. And we got a hold of Louise and we said, we're not doing this and we just shut it down for like three years you know and really? then after yep we weren't happy with it and and after three years me and bob were talking and we felt that we felt responsible to louise to actually see this through and so we got together with her and we we told her what we were thinking that it should be and so all of our minds started working on what it is we ended up with you know to tell, it's very- tell Bob. Yeah, have Bob do this narration, you know. Let it be his POV, you know, being one of the early, early, original, original, you know, playing guitar and singing at a CYO meeting, you know, at seven. Bob, and so he was the guy to, to do that, you know, and uh, and he did a great job, and uh, and the and and so it became our story finally, you know. It, it's just a story it wasn't a movie you know you don't need to put blood anywhere this is not a movie we don't need to sense sensationalize things let's just tell it the way it was and it was pretty riveting <laughs> i mean we had to sit through it a couple of times you know at when they were showing it and we'd sit there and then they would reveal us and ask us all these questions about it and it was a little tedious honestly that was tough to do um but uh, but yeah, good for Louise. Yeah.
3: She got her done and we're happy to have it.
7: It's a, it's a good a good history.
3: I think it came out great. It's called Family Band, Story of the Cows. Yeah. Find it out there. Definitely on Amazon and probably other places as well. Yeah. Ninety nine cents
7: on Amazon.
3: Ninety nine <laughs> cents. Wow. Sure. Are you? Yeah, familiar, nobody's making are money. You with, <laughs> are you familiar <laughs> with Johnny R. Miller, who wrote this uh, definitive Partridge family book? uh because he is my guest you might know the name uh when this airs when this airs on island time he will be my guest in studio and we're making this a a whole retro uh christmas kind of show and johnny uh, if you've ever seen the book it's like a bible about the Parsons family it's like every possible piece of information so uh anyway uh say say hello to johnny because he's on the show tonight and uh, we'll do I just want to hey, thank Johnny,
7: you. thanks for writing the there Parker
3: family book. <laughs> you guys are definitely mentioned in there a few times, as you would imagine. Right. Uh right. Paul Council, I want to thank you so much for taking some time. I really, really appreciate it. And uh you guys are awesome. And I can't wait to uh see the show, hopefully this fall. And yeah. once again, it is called a Christmas offering from the councils digital only. Uh is it three songs or four songs? I think it's, it's three, three songs.
7: songs. Yep. Okay. These songs. And, and just talk
3: to your grandkids
7: feature, to get it downloaded,
3: people. <laughs> Featuring a great new acapella take on Winter Wonderland. It's awesome. And yeah. uh, some good news and a Christmas time song from Marissa as well. And kousos.com is the website. But thank you so much, Paul. I really, this has been fun.
7: Thank you, Dennis. It was a joy to be with you, my friend. And I love Zoom now that I know how to operate it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Right. And thanks, Todd, for all over. your work.
3: There we go, that's Paul Council. I think it was the day after a Browns game. My voice was like shot to heck. Anyway, thank you. Sorry, folks, it was so long, but we're uh, we're trying to fit everything into the show. We're going to play a Jeff Pike take on a classic Christmas TV show song that I think you're going to know. Our buddy Jeff Pike. When we come back from the break, it'll be Johnny Ray Miller and Rick Siegel joining us. It's our buddy, Jeff Pike, originally recorded by Clarice, the reindeer love interest of Rudolph in the Rudolph the red Nose Reindeer special. We're going to take a break, folks. We're trying to get everything in tonight. Busy show. We'll be back with Johnny Ray Miller and Ricky Siegel, or Rick Siegel, will join us from the Partridge family. We are going to go to the telephones right now. Do we got Johnny Ray Miller in the house?
8: Hey, Hey, Dennis.
3: Hey, Johnny Ray Miller, and I think we got, oh, uh, no, we lost him. Uh, Whoops, are you there? Got, I hear you. We got Rick trying to call in as well, but welcome back to the show.
8: We, hey, thanks. Thanks, we, thanks for having me.
3: We apologize. Paul and I got to chatting, didn't we? The interview.
8: <laughs> That's fantastic.
3: It was a great interview, but pretty, pretty lengthy. But welcome back to the show. How are you doing?
8: I'm doing good. I'm just sitting over here staring at my Christmas tree.
3: <laughs> Is that right? Ricky, see, <laughs> yeah,
8: I love. I, hey, I miss talking to Jeff Pike. I miss him tonight, especially after you played that uh, song he recorded. What a great song! I think everybody from our generation loved that song.
3: Oh yeah, you, everybody knows it immediately. I always make the joke originally recorded by Claire Reese.
8: Yeah, I know that's fantastic. I love it.
3: I tell you what, we want to get Ricky. Ricky, I don't know if he likes being called that anymore, but we'll we'll get Rick on the telephone. <laughs> And I'm gonna play his song from nineteen seventy-three in his his album because he was on the Partridge family. And uh yeah. it is called it's a Christmas song, folks. It is called All I Want to Ask Santa Claus from Ricky Seagull and the Seagulls. All right. Love it. We'll come back with you and Rick in just a moment, okay?
8: Okay, that's great.
3: Retro Christmas tonight on Island Time.
9: Christmas now. お願いします
3: Love it. That is Ricky Siegel that is fantastic. from 1973 and the uh, album that he had. And we have on the telephone, are you Rick Siegel today, Rick?
6: I am, but people who knew me back then can call me Ricky. That's absolutely fine.
3: You don't mind. Okay. <laughs> I,
6: I love that. Me, yeah. Rick, your voice has changed. It has a little bit, just a little bit. It was probably uh, two three <laughs> years after that when my voice dropped.
3: Uh, I love it we <clears throat> we had you on this summer Rick and it was so much fun we had to have you back for the Christmas edition and play your Christmas song All I Want to Ask Santa Claus I love that and uh, welcome back to Island Time
6: thank you glad to be with you and do I hear another voice in there possibly being Johnny
3: I think you know Johnny Ray Miller <laughs>
8: hey Rick you know I was just thinking as he was playing that song uh, what a what a genius your dad really was I mean all jokes aside he really knew songwriting and he really knew what to do for you and you know that those songs just I think they just warm people's hearts really
6: yeah I I obviously I'm biased if he's my dad but i I agree with you and and that just scratches the surface of his creative output in terms of his songwriting, his storytelling, merchandising stuff he he had come up with. and uh, Really happy to report the last time I was with you guys, my my dad was not doing well health-wise. He had gone through a really hard time in the past 18 months with doctors having said that they didn't expect him to even see the conclusion of 2023. He's now not only completely turned around, but I went to New York and got him and brought him here, so he lives. He now lives five minutes away from me, and I see him every day, and he's wow. gone through physical therapy, and he's he's doing great.
3: That's fantastic.
6: Wow, that's great to hear, Rick. Yeah.
3: I, remember, I recall you telling us, uh, yeah, that's great. To, good news. Yeah.
8: You know, I think I told you this, Rick, on the side, and we can share it with all the fans, that your dad worked very closely with John Baylor uh, on yeah. songs for Captain Kangaroo, um, you know, yeah. which those songs just made such an impact on children of that generation. Um, and, you know, for years and years, I was one of them.
6: Yeah, he, he, I mean, just, he came over for lunch the other day and I threw on the album and we talked about the arrangements because, as you know, the arrangements for the Ricky Siegel and the Siegel's album, those, those arrangements were John. Um, anyway, he, he wasn't just a you know, really good songwriter, but man, if you listen to the arrangements, I'm flabbergasted looking back at the quality of the songs my dad wrote and the arrangements John did for a frickin' four-year-old. It's really (laughs) mind-blowing. Yeah,
8: John John was definitely his own kind of genius, too. I've gotten to know him so much more through the years, and uh, wow, when you really uh, take a look at what he and those musicians from that era were capable of doing, it's really unbelievable.
6: Yeah, it really is. Just the amount of talent and you combine that with them working with someone like a Wes Farrell, and it's just... It's yeah, kind
8: of and, you know, they incredible. worked on everything from children's music to, uh, you know, Barbra Streisand, you name it, they could do it all.
6: Yeah, really could. Any kind of genre. Um, yeah. Really just, just as, as as good as it gets musically, truly.
8: Yeah, they were certainly, and their voices, uh, all those uh, singers who sang on the backgrounds for the Partridge family sang on so many other albums. I think they're often overlooked as what I would call the voices of the wrecking crew. We all know the wrecking crew as musicians, but they were certainly the voices of the wrecking crew.
6: Right. Yeah, and and on, I'm actually I'm looking at the Captain Kangaroo album. I have it in my hand right
4: now.
6: Um, <laughs> And yeah, so there's there's at least three songs that are, are written and arranged by my dad and John, and then uh, wow. uh, obviously Tom Baylor did, did quite a bit of stuff as well.
3: Um, That's awesome.
8: Yeah, people don't realize his accomplishments.
6: No, what I think a lot of people forget the fact that uh, Tom wrote "She's Out of My Life." Oh, yeah,
8: Michael Jackson. Yeah, and I think he didn't he win. Um, I'm thinking he won a Grammy for his arrangements of Precious and Few. Am I right about that? that I think you're
6: probably right, yeah.
8: I'd have to look that yeah, one up those there, too. John. John and Tom, they were really <laughs> in sync with each other and extremely talented. They could play the trumpet. Uh, they yep. could sing this uh, in this crazy range. It was amazing what they could do.
6: Yeah, and there were two other people my dad worked with later on that a lot of people in the industry knew. I don't know if you remember their names. One of them was Dick Hamilton. Uh, And another one was Jeff Sturgis, who was the uh, arranger and composer for all of Engelbert Humperdinck's uh, Vegas performances and tours. And those guys like John and Tom, they, I remember going to the studio and watching my dad work with them in their respective studios. These guys, they knew every instrument. They played every instrument. They were like, you know, people talk about artists like Prince who could play everything. Well, that was kind of standard for these guys in the 70s who were the studio musicians and producers.
3: Yeah.
8: Yeah. Top notch. Yeah. Wow, no, I didn't know your dad worked with them. That's amazing.
4: Yeah.
3: For anybody who doesn't remember, Rick Siegel came along in the Parchis Family in season four and the band was just practicing like they always do in the garage and uh there was a knock knock on the door and there's four year old yep. Ricky. And uh you were on about
8: AKA the the boy Shirley Temple.
3: The boy Shirley right. Temple. <laughs> and you were on like ten <laughs> episodes, I think.
6: Yeah, and, and it's wild, because being four, you know, people ask me what kind of memories I have of the show. My, my memories of the show are kind of photographic. They're not really linear, obviously, because I was so little. But for some reason, that first day on set and standing behind that garage door waiting for my red cue light to go on and has w- been burned in my memory for all of my life. It's one of the <laughs> most vivid memories from childhood, Tri- <laughs> first day, That's making wild. that entrance.
3: And the one song I love that story. The song I always remember is You Can Do It. You can do it. Yep. That's the way you do it. See? It's still in my head.
8: <laughs> Good. You know, actually that I mean, no kidding. That actually that song actually comes into my mind from time to time, especially when you're like struggling to you know, whatever it is you're trying to do around the house.
3: See? <laughs> yeah,
6: that
8: song still pops into my head.
3: It was an inspirational song. I see that.
6: Yeah, I've of, of all the songs that people have talked about over the years, it's that one and "Sooner or Later," which are both very much, uh, the, the, you know, the uh, the, well, the same thing. "Sooner or Later" and and um, uh, "When I Grow Up." Those two songs are very optimistic, motivational. Um, that's something about my dad that he it's an attribute that comes out in the songwriting because it's an attribute of who he is, and I got it from him as a. The most profoundly optimistic person I've I've ever met is my dad. That's awesome. Oh, that's so, that's so wonderful.
3: I want to play a cut from the Partridge Family Christmas album, and then we will uh, get an update on Rick on what you're doing these days, uh, and we'll do that after this song, okay?
6: Yeah, sure.
3: I don't know if you guys heard recently, but Brenda Lee, because Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree has been used so often, on social media like Instagram and stuff like that, it hit number one again on the Billboard charts 60 years later.
6: I heard about that. Yeah, I think she set a record. Wow.
3: But believe it or not, as a little kid, this was the one I heard first. (laughs) The Partridge family (laughs) rocking around the Christmas tree on Island Time. song written by johnny marks and yeah brenda lee's might have been okay but that's you know the partridge family one is pretty awesome rocking around the christmas tree we got johnny ray miller and rick siegel on the telephone hello guys
8: hey hey, i love that song just listening to david cassidy's voice it's already you know makes me kind of christmas homesick
6: for him
3: there you go you guys got a favorite cut on the on the partridge family uh christmas card
6: I love that one. I, I don't know if you mentioned this earlier, if you brought it up, but I don't know a lot of people remember the fact, unless they were around, that was the best-selling Christmas album in the United States in 1971 during Christmas.
3: Okay, that makes yeah, sense.
6: That is true. Yeah, it was number one on Billboard uh, Billboard Magazine's Christmas Albums chart for, for all four weeks of December.
3: And amazingly, it's yeah. been kind of forgotten, and I don't know why it hasn't been put on uh, vinyl again. You gotta you gotta find the original or find a CD copy. Yeah,
6: and there's a lot of yeah, a lot of songs, a lot of covers on that of really well-known songs. Besides that one, obviously, I mean, I my favorite Christmas song, just arrangement that boggles my mind is is the Christmas song by Mel Torme, and uh, that I think that's on the album.
3: Shirley sings yeah, it. Yeah, Shirley it sings is. it.
6: You
8: know, uh, Rick, that song, that album, not only did it spend four weeks at number one, but it was pre-sold at number one before it even landed in the hands of the consumers. Isn't that crazy?
6: Wow. Well. Especially when you consider that was not the digital age.
8: Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And the Partridge family had had three other albums prior to this. Here I go with my Partridge nerd. I, I just can't help myself. <laughs> but um, the four... the four albums together were all on billboard at the exact same time, the Partridge family had four albums uh, on the billboard charts at the same time um, in the course of a a little over a year and uh, I dare anyone to make fun of our beloved Partridge family
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well we've done this several times now uh, uh, Johnny, I think we're safe now (laughs) (laughs) Yeah really so, so Rick, give us an update uh, for anybody who doesn't know what you do these days. And everybody loves your picture. Whenever I post your current picture, you're like a model. Oh you know, for crying out loud. Oh, thank
6: you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm, you know, living in Los Angeles. I'm an actor and a YouTuber, and I spend the predominant amount of my time uh, doing my two YouTube channels, and then. Uh, doing work in the short film I just did that's called What Dictators Dream About, just just won uh, Best Short Film, and I got Best Actor for it at the Sherman Oaks Film Festival a few weeks ago. Wow, great. Um, Wow. uh, Some plays I will hopefully be doing. I'm waiting to hear the final word on those things coming up in 2024. So, yeah, just being able to focus on craft. And the great thing is that my YouTube channels are both focused on... Uh, film and television, and what I refer to as elevative artistry. I do movie reviews on my personal channel, and then my buddy and I have a channel that's dedicated to all things Indian artistry. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm up to. And,
3: the, and the titles, Wow, that's
6: fantastic, Rick.
3: The titles of the channels, give, give those real quick. Yes,
6: yeah, just remember the word stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the channel I do with my buddy Corbin is called Our Stupid Reactions. Okay. <laughs> and my personal channel is called My Stupid Reviews. So on My Stupid Reviews, it's all about Hollywood TV shows and films. And Our Stupid Reactions is all about Indian TV shows and films.
3: Interesting. Okay.
6: <laughs> I love that. I have those linked to uh, the website for when we're
8: singing. <laughs> they are really fun. <laughs> they are really fun.
3: And you are still based in California, right, Rick? Yep. Okay. In,
6: in Los Angeles.
3: Okay. Always a pleasure having you on the show. Let's do this again next summer, okay?
6: Absolutely. Thanks for having me back on, guys. I love talking with you.
3: All right. Thank uh, you s-
8: thanks for coming, Rick. It's great talking to you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.
3: Merry Christmas, Rick. Right I See-
8: you, Chris. We'll talk to you Bye-bye. next time.
3: We're going to play, uh, you mentioned Johnny, the Winter Wonderland. Let's get that off of here. Uh, uh, you mentioned Winter Wonderland was the duet with David and Shirley, right? yeah let's play that and then we will talk a little bit more and play a few more songs here before the night's over wonderful all right on island time tonight more partridge we can never get enough right i i can never get enough i'll tell you i definitely am all in (laughs)
0: Sight. We're happy tonight Walking in a winter wonderland Gone the way Is the bluebird here to stay?
5: Tidings for Christmas and a Happy
0: New Year.
1: for Christmas and right into the new year. That's how we do it. Merry Christmas,
0: everybody. Happy
3: New Year. That's how we do it up north. That's right, we just keep our beer on the porch and everything stays cold. That was Jim Morris with John Patty and Dennis McCaughey. A Trump rock. We wish you a very Merry Christmas. And we had, of course, uh, the Parks family with Winter Wonderland. We still have Johnny Ray Miller in the house. Well, not in the house, but on the phone. Hey, hey. Are you having a good time, Johnny?
8: Oh, man, this is great. I sure do miss being in studio with you there, but uh, I'm loving sitting back listening to all this music.
3: All right, well, let's do a Valentine's show. No, I'm not. <laughs> we'll have to think of, We'll have to think of another one we can do down the road here yeah
8: that'd be great.
3: but uh are you ready for Christmas?
8: Uh, not even close.
3: <laughs> Thank God f- How about you. Thank God for the internet. That's all I gotta say't <laughs> right, I,
8: exactly.
3: I don't make it to the stores anymore. that's for sure it's it's all about getting to the uh Amazon and all that stuff but um yeah <laughs> does anybody give you like Partridge family uh items for Christmas or anything like anything like that?
8: Yeah, yeah, and I love it. Uh, never, it never gets old. I, um, I appreciate. I even write little notes, uh, so I might have five copies of an album because fans have given it to me. But I put <laughs> these little notes inside of the album, so I can remember who it was, and I keep them.
3: <laughs> okay. That's that's uh, you know the Christmas album. The CD is awesome, but the quality is not as good as the vinyl. So, I really uh, with with this vinyl revival, I would hope they would put this out eventually, or in all the albums. I know that would be just awesome. I agree.
8: So all right. Yeah, long long overdue for those uh, records to be reissued, uh, especially with the wave of interest in vinyl again.
3: We're going to play one more Partridge tune and a couple of trap rock songs to wrap this thing up tonight, Johnny. Uh, how about Jingle? Right. Jingle Bells from the My Christmas Card to You album? I love it. And I just want to thank you for taking the time to uh, check in, and we will do another in-studio very soon.
8: That's fantastic. Thanks for having me, Dennis.
3: Maybe we won't wait till uh, July or whatever. June. Yeah, yeah, sounds good to me. This <laughs> is too much fun. Let's
8: keep it going.
3: But uh, thank you to Rick Siegel for joining us. Uh, Paul Kausel earlier, so much fun on our retro uh, Christmas show. Oh, and anybody uh, that wants to find you, you you're on Facebook. And you, Me? Oh, yeah, I'm on Facebook. Yeah. And um,
8: well, the website is called com.
3: You still get the book. That's right.
8: I still got the book,
3: yeah. All right. And there's a few more th- things in the fire we won't talk about just yet.
8: <laughs> we'll save those for another time.
3: Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Hang on the phone. I want to talk to you after the air, but let's do it. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. All right. Bells. Merry Christmas, Jenny. Merry Christmas.
0: Dashing through the snow In a one-horse open sleigh
2: Christmas. There's no presents under the palm tree It don't seem like Christmas to me Well, I'm used to everything being frozen The water here is 72 It don't seem like Christmas without a shame. Oh, Santa Claus is portless and glasses. Well, I do believe he is sky high, no sled needed for his ride, and the only toy in my dreams is the conch train it seems, oh, it's just not right. Turkeys are stuffed in hotel rooms The carolers are feeling no pain And Midnight Mass has been cancelled Because of the rain Head of Frosty, he's a cocaine dealer a Rudolph, the local DA There's a rumor in town That Santa Claus is gay And the only big pot is the key. And the popcorn at the chat room is free But it don't seem like Christmas to me Do you want to see my tan line? I do believe he is sky high, no sled needed for his ride and the only in my dreams is the cock train it Oh it's just not right. Christmas. There's no presents under the palm tree It don't seem like Christmas to me Well, I'm used to everything being frozen Well, the water here is 72 And it don't seem like Christmas without you Because Fidel, he just won't go no Santa Claus he just says yo. yo I don't think it I can take it no more Jimmy Buffett's coming to town
10: Christmas Louisiana to Saint Bart's and the Florida Keys Merry Christmas Mississippi where I started this wild and crazy run. Such a long way from my first birthday. Merry Christmas, everyone, and Merry Christmas, Colorado, though far from. Places that were home Tis the season To remember And to count up All the ports of call I've known And to thank His Mercy's ten For I'm never
11: far far from home.
10: Merry Christmas to my saints and guardian angels who protect me. I tis the season to remember all the faces and the places that were born. Guess my life's moved at near light speed since I started This wild and crazy run Such a long way From that first birthday Merry Christmas Everyone Tis the season To remember That we're never Far
3: from home. Merry Christmas, everyone. There he is, Jimmy Buffett. Still cannot believe that we lost uh the, the man this year, Jimmy Buffett, right there in a song I always play on our Christmas show, Merry Christmas Alabama. We had Scott Kirby Christmas in Key West. John Patty, Tall Paul, and Christy Bobel are going to take us out with Silent Night, but I've got to get a couple of reminders in here. But thank you so much, everybody, for joining us for our Christmas show. Very Merry Christmas to everybody listening. And we will be back uh, with a pre-recorded show for Christmas show number three next week, but we'll be back live on New Year's night. So make your plans. All right. Let's take it away with Christy Bobel, John Patty, and Tall Paul together with Silent Night. Have a very Merry Christmas, folks. Catch you next week on Island Time. And get those candles ready, folks.